Trump's major announcement really isn't, and Republicans surrender on spending again. I'm Greg Corumbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch Podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day, and lots of laughs, too. Follow the Three Martini Lunch wherever you get your podcasts. Our friends at Hillsdale College want to wish you and your family a happy and blessed Christmas and a healthy and prosperous new year. Since Hillsdale's founding in 1844, it's taught its students by precept and example, the teachings and practices of the Christian faith. And the college continues this mission in its classrooms and nationwide through their educational outreach efforts. They couldn't do it without your help. So this Christmas season, Hillsdale wants to thank you, dear listener, for your kindness towards the college. They've prepared a special video, their sacred music choir singing O Little Town of Bethlehem in their beautiful Christ Chapel at the heart of campus. When you visit hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, you can see and hear the choir and many other free resources to help you celebrate the season. And while there, please consider a donation to the college by clicking the Support Hillsdale College button at the top of the page. You'll want to put this special Christmas song on replay. Find it at hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, and I promise it will be uplifting and inspiring for you. That's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas. Um, well, as I'm sure everyone who's been doxing, uh would agree, you know, uh, showing real-time uh, information about somebody's location is uh, inappropriate, and I think everyone on this call would not like that to be done to them. And, and there is not going to be any distinction in the future between journalists, so-called journalists, and, and regular people. Everyone's going to be treated the same. They're not special because you're a journalist. You're, you're just, you're, you're a Twitter, you're just your citizen. Um, so, uh, no special treatment. Um, your docs, your docs, you get suspended in a story. Um, so, and, 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 and ban evasion, ban evasion, or like, or, or trying to be clever about it. Like, oh, I posted a link to the real time information is obviously, uh, that is obviously simply trying to evade the, the, the meaning that is, there's no different from than paste than actually showing real time information. So that was yesterday when Elon Musk joined Spaces to discuss this, the banning. Oh, I've got opinions on this. So many opinions. He, uh, because he suspended some, he, has, he suspended a number. I was trying to think of how many accounts did he suspend. Uh, he suspended a lot. And I'm just calling it the great banning. It's not even great. It's not even a lot. I mean, it's just like a few people. He, he banned a few journalists and they lost their minds. So we're going to talk about this and a whole bunch of other stuff because it's this continued fight on free, the, this fight for free speech, but the rules are weird. Actually, there's no rules, really. Uh, welcome to the show. Happy Friday to you. And this is our last show before the new year. And it's, uh, we got a lot to get into. I called it journal suspension is what I called it. Journo suspension. So this, uh, again, Dana Lash here with you. Top of our first hour. Very good to be with you. We're going to get through this day together. But I just am feeling my oats a little bit today. Yeah, I am, and I don't care. So if you follow me on Twitter last night, I'm just, I was just done. I was done. So this is what I had. I had a bunch of stuff to do. And when I, like, go away at any point from being on the computer, then it, like, all hell breaks loose. So I come back and all sorts of things are trending the, what is it, journal, I mean, basically Twitter lost its mind yesterday 
<clears throat> because the number, excuse me, because the number of journalists had been banned. And the individuals who had been banned, they were what, uh, what, maybe six? I think there were six. Six. Six whole people. Journalists is a word that I think is abused. I think it's because there were some from, there were some from Washington Post. There was, there were a couple from, I don't know, a couple of other different entities. And it's because they started, they were apparently sharing information on his real-time movement. Like real-time, real-life movement. They were sharing information. And telling everybody where he was, et cetera, et cetera. And that was something because he, this was, this came after the the day after there was this Antifa looking dude who apparently had followed the car that his kid was in and was stalking him and all this kind of stuff. And he apparently tries to mask his flight information and he was trying to keep it private, which I think that's where the fine line comes in. If you're trying to keep your movements private, and people who are, I don't give a, I don't care if you're in media or not, people are trying to make that public, then that's doxing. I don't care how, what rhetoric you want to use to describe it. It's doxing. The end. So this is, it just doesn't, it's just silly. It doesn't make any sense. So we're going to, we're going to talk about all of this and we've got a whole bunch of economic GOP stuff, all that to get into, but the banning. I agree with what Progressive said two years ago, that Twitter's a private company. There you go. Twitter's a private company, the end. The end. And I'm really, you're, you're seeing a kind of a divide on the right with this. And I've, like, I've seen some of my friends say, oh, if you're for, a lot of people are out there, they're so hell-bent on this performative, these performative statements, these, these declarations where they're saying, oh, well, I just don't, but I don't agree with the banning. I'm not in favor of the banning. The only reason that this whole thing is a thing now is because it's being done to conservatives. Like I said, I agree with the left's position from two years ago. Twitter's a private company. Axios came out and said, Twitter's suspension of several journalists last night was unprecedented. There's never been an attempt by a major social media platform to suspend so many journalists at once. They suspended the entire New York Post over a true story. And they later had to come back and admit that what they did was wrong. So no, you don't get, they've already done this before. But you know what? None of these people said anything because it wasn't them. Because it was a conservative that they were doing this to. Hell, I don't even know if the people who work at the New York Post are conservative. All I know is that all of these people who are screaming and weeping and gnashing their teeth, all of these individuals have been quiet for the past 10 years that this has been happening to the left, to the right. Or even people who look like they're on the right. It has been happening for that long. And I've had some individuals, like the New York Times said, Twitter suspended the accounts of these half dozen journalists. Don't sully the profession by using it to describe propagandists. Someone said that, oh, well, you're just, you know, this seems, you know, this is, uh, you know, wait until it's something that you say for an arbitrary reason. Dude, it has been something I have said for an arbitrary reason for 10 years. 
I've had stuff demonetized on Facebook. I have stuff hidden on on Instagram. Um, I have been I've been threatened with a ban on YouTube. Uh, I've been all kind. I've been Twitter. I've been suspended. I've been shadow banned. I've been throttled. No, no, no. For for ten years now, it has been something that that we've said for arbitrary reasons happening to thousands of people who are not the progressive left. But there was not a singular objection from any of these people in the legacy press. Not a single one. I am so unimpressed with this appeal for concern now. I don't care. I just don't care. And I don't feel bad for not caring. I don't care about other individuals being upset over me not caring. I don't care if Musk experiments anything with with this stuff. I don't care if he changes procedures. He did a pretty big thing, I think, in taking over Twitter. This is kind of like a brave new world of sorts. We live in an absolutely graceless hellscape. So I'm, I'm all for giving up a bit of grace for the dude because at least somebody's trying. I mean, think about this. All these people are going, oh, my gosh, Elon Musk is so thin-skinned. Oh, my gosh, he's so thin-skinned. All of the people who are saying this are literally the exact same people who were so thin-skinned over diverse thought that they pushed Twitter to suppress and ban conservatives. So, no, I don't care. I am unimpressed with the concern. Imagine being so weak in your own convictions And being so absolutely weak in your ability to defend your convictions that your only recourse is to eliminate dissent and remove all challenge. It is one of the most embarrassing hallmarks of quote unquote progressivism that in their absolute and and complete economic illiteracy. No, I... I'm just watching the reckoning. That's all I'm doing. I'm just watching the reckoning. I'm, it's amusing that whenever the left is forced to live by their own rules, they cry foul. Every single time, they cry foul. I mean, they, there was one who said that it literally was like genocide. I'm trying to find that. I mean, I, there was actually several of them who did this, and it was shocking. Absolutely shocking. But that's what they were saying. I mean, they just the difference between the way that all of that this has been that this has been treated. Kane had the example the New York Times had said back in October of 20, a test of social media companies misinformation policies came last week that when the New York Post published a story with supposedly incriminating information, uh, you know, they got locked down, blah, blah, blah. And then when it happens to their reporters who are actually doxing people, Twitter suspended the accounts of roughly a half dozen journalists. Uh Do you do you think uh, answer this question for me? Do you think. That if there was a site that was tracking Anthony Fauci's every single real-time location, that the left would find it permissible? Do you think so? What if, what if, what if the, there was an account, I mean, she's not even this important, but what if there was an account that was tracking the current location of Taylor Lorenz or AOC? Hmm? Do you think that the left would find that permissible? It's a rhetorical question because we both know the answer to that. No, they wouldn't. They would not at all. I mean, here's again, and I want to, I I can't 
emphasize this enough because this is what the argument's going to hinge over. People are saying, no, 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 they were getting public, uh, public, publicly available information. Uh, That's irrelevant because, and I've read this in a couple of different locations, and actually Reddit had a great thread on this. Um, They, if they do not submit data for public. For if they do not submit, I mean, even Musk said this, my plane is actually not trackable without using non-public data. And that is true. There are steps that people can take with their planes where they can try to mask from public. Um, It's a PIA. And I mean, every I mean, people have done this for forever. And there were people, some of the journalists, by the way, that were tracking him were actually they were they were bragging about. Uh, how they could uh, rewrite the software to identify it. This Jack Sweeney guy said, yeah, so the PIA ICAO can be changed monthly if chosen to do so, but even then it's relatively easy to identify. I'm confident I can write software to identify it, actually. That's doxing. So when someone is taking steps to privatize their movements and you make that public on a social media platform, you're doxing them. That's a violation of TOS, so get over it. You can sit here and engage in whatever gaslighting you want to, but that's doxing. I'm here for this. No, I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to be drug into that. I'm not going to. I'm not the conservative who's going to run out there to give you some BS performative declaration about, well, free speech. No, 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 no. I agree with the left from a couple of years ago. Twitter's that private company. As I said last night, I'm just going to pour a dram of Brooklotic and sit back and watch the reckoning. I am unimpressed with as to why I should be concerned. Y'all, I'm, going, I'm getting ready to roll into Christmas break. Kane's got all his head shop here today, his whole head shop gear. I walked in here and I about died. My throat almost closed up because he's sitting here burning a wise men incense. Oh my gosh. Like he, like, I bet when you walk into his house, you have to walk through like the door hangings where it sounds like rain. And then there's like some George Harrison from the time he was influenced when he was over there visiting Tibet. And he met with the Dalai those Lama. Those are helpful, Christmas. Remember how he came up with that? He started writing all those weird songs about that time. Like that's the sound. You know that that like you walk into Kane's house, that's the soundtrack. How else can just you saying. separate life from this politics crap we have to Dude, do every day? Dude, you're just admitting it. I, I love it. So yeah, he'd like, he ought to see this. I, w- I actually am going to show you the photo that he sent me earlier because it, I was like, this is some drug dealer stuff is what I said. I got to show I'm going to totally post that. I'm going to so post that on Facebook. All right. We've got we've got a lot uh, coming up because I've got so much more of this. Uh, I also have uh, the amnesty bill is dead, by the way. That's all dead. Uh, Me and I have a whole bunch of stuff. The fight in the house is paralyzing said house. We're going to get into that and more. So it's a lot of stuff that we have coming up for you today. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 
100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Man, I should have scrolled my headlines because I was too busy talking about Kane's potpourri thing on Facebook. (laughs) I was like, let me post this to Facebook and Instagram. Okay, Um, I don't care. That's how I literally have this title. It's, here's this headline. Look at him trying to scare you. The dark side of chocolate. Toxic metals are found in every bar tested by researchers in new report, including Hershey's, Lint, and Tony's Chocolonely. I've never even heard of that. I don't care. I'll eat it. I don't care if there's lead in it. I don't care. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat the tar out of it. I don't care. Mmm, lead. Don't care. Chocolate lead. I'm done. I, that's. I'm not even going to tell you anything else about that headline because that's all you need to know. They're trying to make you hate chocolate now. You'll own nothing, eat bugs, and no chocolate. That's hell. I don't know if you know that. A huge aquarium burst in Berlin, releasing floods of water and tropical fish. Glass and other debris were swept out of the building. It also has a hotel and cafes. 264,000 gallons of water poured out of the 82-foot-high aquarium. What about the fish? They're probably all dead. It was at the Aquadom, which was inside the Radisson Hotel, minutes from Berlin's famous Museum Island. It is a hot mess. It was this cylindrical, huge aquarium, totally busted. They got a major mess. Stick with us. We got some tea to spill. Trump's major announcement really isn't. Republicans surrender on spending, again, and the Cambridge Dictionary redefines man and woman to please the left. I'm Greg Columbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day for conservatives, and hopefully a lot of laughs too. Join us. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time continue to see political stunts from uh, many Republicans out there, and that's not how we're going to fix uh, this issue. They want to uh, they want to uh, secure the border. We've been doing that work on our own, and uh, we ask, we're we asking them to, hey, you know what? There's an immigration reform plan that the president put out on the first day. They should work with us and do this in a bipartisan way. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, well, if they're doing anything on the border, perhaps... It's time to maybe look and not do that because it's it's not very good. Whatever you're doing on the border is not great. Welcome to this. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. The uh, bottom of our first hour. I just happened to see everybody's. I just because um, we're going to we're talking a little bit about the border here because how many days are we out now? Six, five. I don't know. It's going to be a hellscape next week. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be crazy next week. And that's because the whole uh, Title 42 is going to go away. Wait a minute. Can I hear audio sound by two real quick? Sure. Can, canst thou play numero two? We are going into the third year of it, and we are still mm-hmm. in the middle of a pandemic with the numbers that you just showed. 
Wait, if we're still in the middle of a pandemic, then why is that title, the Title 42 going away? Exactly. Because that whole thing had to do with you got to, if you're trying to illegally enter, you got to go back because, you know, the Rona. So are we still concerned? Are we in a pandemic or not? By the way, how many interviews is he going to give? Here's the thing. The audio that we have, like I have audio of him every day because he does an interview, sometimes two or three per day. I thought he was leaving. Why is he still here talking? Why? Like, just go away. This is this is longer than a Midwest goodbye. Go away. You know that, right? Everybody from the Midwest is like, mm-hmm. Oh, we know that. Everyone who's not from the Midwest is like, what does that even mean? Because you have to say goodbye 5,000 times when you go towards the door. It is the worst. It not it not? Is it not? It's the absolute worst. He is long. He's taken longer than a Midwest goodbye. That's like you're you're okay. I'm leaving now. And then you get up and they walk you to the hallway where the door is, but not at the door. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're leaving now again. Then you get a little bit closer to the door. Oh my gosh, I know. Anna. Okay, really, we're leaving now. Bye. And then you touch the door. There's more goodbyes as you're going through the door. Goodbye. When you're outside before the door closes, goodbye. And then as you're walking to the car, I'll be damned. You got to turn around, wave goodbye. It just never ends. <sighs> Welp. Let's scooch on by you here. Let me get past. It's also mid. There's all kinds of fun Midwest stuff. So I'm just, uh, you know, I'm good heavens. They're, if they're if they're doing work, it's not working. Just gonna just gonna make that obvious observation here. If you're doing the if you're doing what kind of oh, and then she had this. Katie barred the door. I heard this and I actually stopped and ran into the door frame. Because it, I, I couldn't believe she said it. Listen. Oh, yeah. I should probably tell you. It is cut. Uh, s- read my mind, damn you. It's, it's cut 6,000, please. Uh, especially because of what, what the last administration did. And they completely gutted the system. And we know that uh, this has been a, a multi-decade Wait, long Wait, I'm sorry. Problem. What? 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 <laughs> gutted the system? What, yeah, what is, did she get some of your, your potpourri? Yeah, your frankincense? <laughs> frankincense is monster. Did she get some of that? <laughs> Man, I walked in here and it was like George Harrison playing a sitar. <laughs> Don't exaggerate like that. Oh, it's totally like it. Juan, are you okay over there? You all right? <laughs> Juan loved it. Juan's loving it. Sure he is. You walked in and were like, shut that off! Because <laughs> it was literally foggy in here. Oh my gosh. I walk in here, y'all. Oh my gosh. I wish that there was like 360 degree cameras for the simulcast. If you're you're those listening to the show from coast to coast, if you're not seeing it, you probably I don't know, you probably can't tell. The snowflakes, those are snowflakes behind me in the simulcast. It's actually that's the crystallized whatever the uh, potpourri that he had in his <laughs> Turkish granny warmer wow. over there. I mean, my mom would be like, "Girl, where'd you get that?" Like, <laughs> just <laughs> I'm gonna message her on Facebook right I now. Swear, I'm gonna, she's gonna be burning this stuff. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was weird. I just because I wasn't. I mean, and you walk in, and all of a sudden, it was like it like George Harrison was sitting cross-legged on the floor playing a sitar. He's sitting on a pillow. Oh man! Anyway, I think she's had some of that. That's why we brought that up. I think she's maybe 
who gutted the immigration system? He wanted to build a wall, the previous president, and and y'all wouldn't do it. So I wanted to play this audio soundbite that just got my attention. I dropped it in Slack. It's only 10 seconds. But I just, I need you to hear this and maybe tell me what you think that he meant by this. This is Joe Biden with another Bidenism. See if you can play this. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. I married Dominic Giacoppa's daughter. So, you know, I got a little Italian in me now. You know. What? What? Is that how genetics work? That's how genetics work, apparently. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. Did he just slam the Irish? Because the portion of my ancestry that is from Ireland is getting ready to pick a fight now. I mean, it always is, but (laughs) there's no fight or flight. It's just fight or fight. (laughs) Um, What does that mean? What does he mean here? I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. Man. That actually that that study's still out. So he's saying all Irish are stupid? That's Golly. What that's what he's saying. What the hell? I just I think I would disagree with that ever so slightly. I'm just saying. Good night. So uh yeah, that's it. I you really wonder who's driving this thing. Yeah. Right? It's like we're we're in the car and there's nobody behind the wheel. It really feels like that. So a couple of other things here. Oh, I wanted to bring this up. This is from NPR. Oregon's alphabet community is worried that a new law will keep them from obtaining guns. So they're worried that a new state law, that Oregon's trans and queer gun supporters, according to the article, are worried that a new state law will prevent them from buying guns. It's Measure 114, granting county sheriffs and police chiefs discretion to determine who qualifies to purchase a firearm under a new permit-to-purchase program. I told you guys, gun control's bigoted. Nobody wanted to believe me. No one wanted to believe me. But the Measure 114... Lacks criteria clearly defining what disqualifies applicants, apparently. So it just puts it all up on, you know, and one of one person said, I just feel like if I was to go online and say, like, the police are terrorists or something, they would be like, well, you 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 seem like you wouldn't be a good fit for this community to be armed. Well, yeah, that's what happens when progressives get to say that words are violence and that you can be persecuted for your politics. I mean, I feel as though the left is having to deal with the consequences of their decisions. And you can't tell me that all these people in this community, I mean, if you told me that they voted for Republicans or for pro-gun people, I'd say no. I don't believe so. When you look at the breakdown of Oregon voters in that, especially in the uh, uh, metropolitan areas where I think the, well, these people being interviewed where they live. So I, I, hmm, and they talk about biases and concerns about uh, police discretion, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so that's what the gun control folks want. So revel in the consequence of your choices. We warned you. Warned you and said, look, the communities that are going to be most, of, that are disproportionately affected by you know, being targeted, whether it's and not just however you want to choose for your choice of how you do it or not, I mean, people of faith, different communities for people of faith, the Jewish community, Christians, Muslims, everybody. We had a, a series of, of, of churches being targeted. So this 
it's this is what happens when you have to go by the rules that you wanted everyone else to follow for so long. Man alive. I mean, I don't want it to be that way, but it's like, what do you do? I mean, people in Oregon voted for this stuff. They voted for you know, these people who are on the left. They voted for these these leaders. And these are the laws and the measures that they want to pass. Mm. Now, we have I'm going to know a couple of things because I have a couple more things here to hit as well. I'm um, the U.S. Army. Did you guys see the story? They're investigating two military officers who posed in dog theme, dog themed B. Oh, gosh. BDSM gear while in uniform. So two officers posted photos of themselves in these dog masks. And uh, yeah, why? Why? You know, this is what happens when everything gets woke. Also, by the way. They had, uh, and apparently some of them, there's even more than just these two. And uh, on Twitter with their designations and their bio, all of this other stuff. But they said, yeah, they have the, uh, their uniforms on with their pins and medals and that. And they're, oh gosh, I don't even want to read this story. It's a pup play thing. Yeah, it's about what you think it is. I mean, maybe this is why China doesn't care about running their mouths. Just going to go out on a limb and say this is probably why they don't care. They're, I mean, I'm sure one of them called the other and was like, did you see the pup play stuff with the going on with this? Man, this is why recruitment's down. This is why recruitment's down. Golly, the wokery and this. And then there's probably, I think you get more in trouble for not having, probably not having your injection than you would for doing this, right? Also, how do you, that means like, because the one guy's standing in front of a plane. That means he's got that mask with him, just like has it. Who carries that kind of stuff, by the way? I mean, you're so like into your fetish that you just stuff it in your pocket on the way to work. Let's see, we don't answer that question. We have more to come. We, um, (laughs) the Trump NFTs, we've got that. We've got a whole bunch of stuff coming up as well. Some of the stuff with the uh, Republican Party. The amnesty thing is, amnesty's dead. It's dead. Uh, we've got, we got a lot. We got a bunch of stuff. Did you know that tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a one 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com Dana. When you're stuck discussing politics with your friends, who's the most informed person in the group? Yep, you are. You're welcome. Listen, follow, subscribe. The Dana Show. I'm just over here, you know, doing my thing. Holiday season. Woo! Looking at Twitter, watching people fight. It's so fun. 
uh, towards we're at the end of our first hour here. We have two more on the way. Don't worry. We got all ki- I got all kind of time to sit here and spill a couple drops of tea, talk about stuff as you wrap your presents or get ready for Christmas or do whatever it is you're doing. We got the time. Dana Lash here. Make sure you subscribe to my newsletter if you haven't. Chapter and verse over at Substack. All kinds of good things. I was reading that Ben Collins, I don't know who he is. He was suspended, though, by NBC News. I know who they are. For criticism of Elon Musk that apparently was not appropriate. And the fact that you've got these media rooms, these media entities telling their employees to not fight Musk on this stuff, I think kind of proves that they need this to survive. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Ooh. So, yeah, they uh, they apparently suspended him for I'm like, re- they this just came across my screen, but they didn't actually say what he did. They just said that it was not um, editorially appropriate was the direct quote. Hmm. I am uh, here for this. Just going to sit here and kick back and watch it. And I don't know. I'm just and I'm watching everybody fight with each other. Oh, my gosh, this is, I mean, even the people on the right are fighting with each other, and it's hysterical. Oh, I'm here for all, you guys, I am that person. I'm kind of like the Joker right now. I'm just sitting here laughing. I, I, uh, when we were on break, I threw out to the guys, I was like, hey, should I tweet this? And Steve's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I could. You could. Right? You could. Do you want to know what I was going to tweet? Should I say it's not really the same thing if I say it here to these folks they're not gonna yeah it's not the same thing as so I was watching all these people fight this is all like half of the people who are listening to the show are like we don't care about the people fighting on Twitter but it is funny because you know who they are I guarantee you know their names I was just gonna say the irony of calling someone else a coward when they unfriended you because they had to compete with you that's all I'm gonna say so hmm? it is pretty yes I would say so but all of this is because all these there's so there's people falling all over each other trying to this is what I don't get what the right does sometimes falling all over each other. Oh, my gosh, I have to virtue signal. Here's my take. There was what movie was it? I think it was called Revenge. One of the guys who was on The Office wrote this movie and it was actually brilliantly written. It was a very interesting movie. I thought I was going to hate it. But one of the things in there and, it, and Ashton Kutcher was was in it. I'm not going to. He was not he was an unsavory character, but he had a line in the movie where he was saying that you don't exist unless you got a take. Everybody has to have a take. If you don't have a take, you don't exist. That's your that's your ticket into the conversation is to have a take. And so everybody falls all over each other to have a take. And then if they can be a little bit contrarian, well, that's true. But and then someone else can come behind them. Well, yes, but. To try to dis- make themselves look a little bit more distinct from the other. To distinguish themselves from everyone else. They, so they, it turns into this giant circle of contrarianism. And that's kind of what we're seeing. So we have these people, yes, well, you know, you can suspend these people, but... <sighs> I mean, it's... And they're falling all over each other to have these... To virtue signal, to have these takes... It's just funny. Remember when I told you that one of them said it was like genocide? This uh, one of these, uh, they got upset over over Ben Collins. 
They said in a bloodbath, Twitter purged en masse mainstream journalists who cover Elon Musk. I'm reminded of Crystal Knock. Free speech was the second and then capitalized big lie. This is what bare knuckled fascism looks like. Everything is genocide that I don't like. It is. How can you say stuff like this? This is so weird. It's it's crystal knocked. That's what it is. No, it's actually not. And they were talking about uh, that Ben Collins guy. And he was mad over this other guy from the Washington Post. I don't know where we're going to get deceptively edited videos without one of these dudes on here. We got more on this. We got a bunch of other stuff. I got some wokery. I got fun stuff for you. We're going to talk about Kane's portable head shop. It is what it is. Stay with us. I mean, I think in terms of me personally, many of the national reporters at at the Times and the Post, we're okay. I'm on the Anderson Cooper show. Um, We have a platform. And just like when Trump got kicked off, we can post elsewhere. Uh, I do think this is very important about the potential chilling impact this might have for freelance journalists, independent journalists around the world, particularly those who cover Elon Musk's other companies like Tesla and SpaceX. I think mm. this could have a real chilly factor. Yeah. Oh, a chilly factor. Yeah, what, what was the, where was the concern over this? When it, again, when it had to do with uh, conservatives and independents who were getting banned and suspended and giant chunks. Shut up. I just don't care about any of this. Oh, there's nowhere else we can write about Elon Musk and Tesla. <laughs> Shut up. Nobody cares. I don't. I just watch it burn. That's all. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. As always, love our time together. It's true, though. Top of our, se- or top of our second hour. It is true. I'm not wrong. I, I just, who was that? Who was this dude who was complaining? This was, uh, oh, CNN's Donnie O'Sullivan. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe to get spent, suspended. Well, I mean, again, doxing, taking people's information that they're trying to keep private, making it public. Uh, that's called doxing. I mean, we got to draw you a picture. I know how we would, but, you know, does that, if that helps you? I just, I don't care. I, I just don't. I thought I was going to be more grace-minded when I woke up this morning. Nope. I'm not. Because I, I, I said last night, I said, I'm just, inter- I, I'm only interested in watching this go, just watching this kind of, you know, collapse. I just don't care. And I thought maybe I'll be more grace-minded in the morning. No, I'm not. I am not at all. I just, um, I, these people were the people who did everything that they could to suppress stories to affect the outcome of an election. And now they're upset. People were were suspended and banned for this. All of these exact same people, every singular one of them. And I went and looked. Not a single one that I have seen have said every sing- have said anything at all whatsoever from about when when this was with conservatives, independents, libertarians, whatever. Not a single one of them had any objection. In fact, they cheered it and they championed it. All of them. My friend Sean Davis had said, all we wanted was one set of rules. 
He said rules that allowed us to say things like men can't become women or universal mail-in balloting seems sketchy or linking a New York Post story about a corrupt war in business dealings of a Democrat's 50-year-old son. And he had, while, while we were feverishly fighting that battle, scores of court eunuchs on the right joined hands with the left and screeched about how Twitter and Facebook and Google can ban and censor whomever they want because my private company and because Trump is my icky. And then he said, when the New York Post, which, by the way, was founded by Alexander Hamilton, was banned along with everybody else. We're for sharing the reporting on Hunter Biden. All of these people shrugged at best or sided with the left. And they did because I remember I am petty as hell. I remember. I remember this again. Why you know, ne- I'm honest with you. I will. I you can never elect me to office. I remember. I remember who speaks out and I remember who doesn't. I, I literally I do actually have a file that I keep. Not kidding. Kane can attest. He's like, uh, yeah, I actually do. I, I save screenshots. They go back 15 years. I'm not kidding. I will remember. I, before I do anything, before I affirm anything, before I say yes to anything, I do a search. Not kidding. That's because I'm petty and it's not a virtue. Don't be like me. But I'm being honest about it. These people, all these people, and he's right here. Sean's right here. They shrugged at best or they sided with the left and its lies about New York Post reporting. He said when a sitting president was banned from Twitter and Facebook after posting a video calling for peace and denouncing violence, the self-declared free speech warriors busted out their soapboxes and lectured on the propriety of big tech censorship. He added the Babylon Bee ban in which a Christian satire site was banned for calling a man a man was also illustrative. Oh, sure, it's troubling. They tut-tutted. But what can you do? Twitter's a private company and also mocking insane trans ideology is mean. And then there's the ongoing coordinated banning and shadow banning of millions of normal people whose only crime is not going along with whatever narrative is being jammed down the country's throat by the current regime. Where was the plea for fairness for them? He had years of censorship of their own readers and contributors barely rated a yawn. But then suddenly a tight six handful lefty journos get busted for doxing that led to Musk's kid getting attacked. Somebody climbed on the car he was in. Oh, well, now, oh, their principles require them to say something. And when people describe conservatism as a defeat mechanism or as a progressive or progressivism is driving the speed limit, this is what they're talking about. Standing athwart history, yelling, I'm not like those other icky people. I'm one of the good ones. He concludes that at some point it becomes obvious the only real motivating principle of so many on the so-called right is desperation to be liked by the very people who spend their every waking moment working to make sure you have no voice, no job, no church, no guns, no freedom. And Sean's right. Absolutely correct. I'm watching two of my friends who work in my industry literally tell each other to eat feces right now because it's like a I guess it started because one had his virtue signaling questioned to and and oh my gosh can't do that politics ain't for the weak I, I it just, and I do see this this is why I get aggravated I just that's like I I just think I agree with what the left said two years ago it's a private company This just goes to show you how much, though, all of these media outlets value Twitter. They banned Keith Oberman yesterday. Do you know that? (laughs) Keith Oberman. Who would have noticed? Golly. None of these people cared at all. Keith Oberman didn't. I defended him once. I'm not going to defend him again. 
A long time ago, when he was uh, still, was he still on CNN or CMSNBC? I don't or MSNBC. I don't care. It's all the same. He was on one of them. He had a show. Do you remember the story where he was put on leave because it 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 uh, it was discovered that he was making uh, political donations to candidates, and they uh, the some of the uh, I guess it was Democrats that did it. Some of the Democrats had made a complaint against him. And I thought, wait, are you you're going to sit here and actually try to engage in this theater of pretending that his his political donations are anything more biased or worse than anything that he's ever passed off as content on his program? Are you serious? Like, oh, we didn't know he was biased towards the left because of his show. We didn't know. Oh, it wasn't until we saw these donations. <laughs> that was back when it was the fight over uh, uh, speeches money and it was... Um, Oh, what is the case? Citizens United was was in the was in the Supreme Court. And I actually defended him. And he he remarked on air. It's on YouTube. I just thought of it. He remarked on air at the time and he thanked me for it. And he said, yeah, I probably would not have defended her. Well, I know you wouldn't have because you're a coward and you're whatever other substitute I can call you for a female copulatory organ. So, yeah. Dan Rather out there. It's free speech for me, not for thee. Yeah, where where was this coward when all these people were being suspended? Do you see what I mean? These people are freaking out because they have to live by their own rules. They were freaking out. I remember when I and thousands of other people were suspended, all of the ones that are rushing out there to try to set themselves apart, like, oh no, I, you know, free you you shouldn't be banning this person. This is censorship. It's not censorship because unlike you guys, this isn't the government coming in and having Twitter act as an agent of state. Here's the difference for the drive-bys who don't know because there is one. The difference is that under when it was just really Dorsey, you had Jen Psaki up at the dais. I've played audio saying, well, we've reached out to these companies We saw the portal from the Twitter files. We saw the discussion of Twitter employees with government, with literally a government agent from the FBI was working with them. And they were, they had uh, all of the discussion over their, their, uh, whether the portal that they had. You know, you had Democrats that had access. You had Republicans that had access if they want. But Republicans really didn't have access because when you looked at the donations from Twitter, by and large, it was like 99 percent. It was given to uh, the, the left. So we, we know already that they were working with the government. You had James Baker with the feds, who was also the guy who literally shopped around, helped shop around the Russian disinformation thing, among other things who was right there involved in all of it. So we know. That's the difference. This is Elon Musk acting on his own. When you looked at people who were suspended for questioning whether or not the injection actually transferred immunity, they were suspended at direction of the government that was telling Twitter and Facebook, you need to act because this is misinformation. That was state-directed. It was state-directed. That is acting as an agent of state. That is censorship. The government isn't involved in this. This is must. But these people don't know what censorship is because they have so often used the government to go after people with whom they, they disagree. They're either too stupid or too lazy 
to make a clear defense of their own beliefs. So they get the hand of the state to do it for them. They're not to defend their beliefs, but to squash down anyone who would dare challenge them. That is the definition of fascism. These people's heads are so far up their own asses, they don't even recognize it. Or they were never taught it in school. I'm not making excuses for them. And I'm not going to sit here for one second and act like I don't enjoy seeing people bent over a barrel after 10 years of conservatives and libertarians and independents and even moderates having to deal with this. Twitter refused to subpoena when I had someone who was posting my home address doxing me on its platform. They refused a subpoena and would not help me in my case. I do not have enough middle fingers for them. So spare me your rage that you got suspended because you were sharing private information about where his plane was going. Spare me your rage that you can't put up your absolute BS, stupidly edited, oddly cut, deceptive videos only on conservatives or libertarians or moderates that you use to try to smear people in the press. I am so over this. You're getting a taste of what it's like to live with you. We've had to do it for decades. You've had to do it for like a month and you're already in spasms on the floor. This is what it's like to live with you. This is what it's like to deal with you, to talk with you, to share any kind of space with you. This is what it's like. And by God, this Christmas, we all ought to get some medals under the tree for putting up with it as long as we have. I'm just done. And all this performative stuff that I see from so many of these people on the right, they will lean whichever way the wind blows if it borrows them another 15 minutes of relevancy. I throw them, burn it all, the Lord knows his own. It's true. I have more to come. In fact, coming up, we got some different guests today. I don't want to say weird because it sounds like a pejorative. But Coming up, we're going to talk to, because you guys know one of the things I can't stand is whinge and ginge, right? And I cannot get over the fact that you had that ginger spare who was in Pearl Harbor and our service members were saluting him. It was nuts. We're going to talk to someone who he's, who is actually in uh, the military in the UK. In fact, he got the, he was awarded the military cross. He was suspended on YouTube because he's questioned some of this stuff. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So, a gay Norwegian filmmaker faces three years in prison because she said that male to female transgender people cannot be lesbians. Tanya, I cannot say, there's so many consonants in this list. You need two J's in your name. I mean, and a G with the J. Tanya Gajevjan, I don't know, I'm just assuming, spoke out against transgender activist Christine Gentoft, who transitioned from a man. No, no, he didn't. He just cut some stuff off and pretends to be a lesbian mother. Uh, Gajevon is now under police investigation because Norway doesn't have free speech. They think anything that is, if you criticize male appropriation of the female sex that you are, that's hate speech. So she's a lesbian who criticized men who were appropriating the female sex. She's, and, and they're going to put her in jail for three years. This is one of the most sexist things I can think of. She spoke out against the appropriation of the female sex by this progressive male. Holy wow. 
Uh, we'll see how that goes. Their penal code, though, is, I mean, they, they expanded it in 81, and then they, to include transgender people two years ago, but apparently that's overshadowed any kind of quote-unquote protections they had for the other letters of the alphabet, so we'll see. Five Antifa members, finally, were charged with domestic terrorism, Cop, but this was in Georgia. Cops swooped in on an Atlanta autonomous zone. They found explosives, uh, and this was after locals were ambushed in home satellite. The site of the protest, they've had numerous incidents, and the protesters were seeking the preservation of the woods, of their woods or whatever. So they set up this autonomous region. They were, it honestly looks like Borderlands. If you've ever played that game, it looks like a bad version of Borderlands. So five of them were arrested. And uh, a wind farm has to be shut down, according to CNBC, five months after it was built to protect parrots in Australia because it's chopping them all up. We have some interesting topics coming up. Stick with us. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. Welcome back to the program. If you're listening across the country or maybe you're listening and also watching the simulcast that you can check out on the first or YouTube or Facebook or wherever, it's our, it's our right before we go into Christmas break. And so we're happy to be with you. Uh, Dana Lash here with you at the bottom of our second hour. One of the things that we've talked about, um, kind of getting away from some of the, you know, super serious Washington, D.C. politics because Congress is on break and everybody's kind of, you know, go, looking at other stuff. Is this, this is really, I didn't pay any attention to, to really the whole Prince Harry, Meghan Markle thing until I saw the story of this, and I'm just going to be out with it, this like briefcase game show D-lister using a title to lobby elected officials in D.C. and signing it Duchess and you really trading on that to try to influence people in D.C. Then I really started paying attention to this and I was just bowled over with the self-obsession that these two had because I everybody's saying that they like were having they had like political aspirations here domestically etc etc but you couldn't say anything about it like you had a whole bunch of bots come after you if you said any I've even noticed I would retweet one thing on social media and there were bots that came after me I mean I guess that's a good business if you can start it and then I saw this whole picture of uh, what is it Prince Harry who was in Pearl Harbor and there were our servicemen who were saluting him and he was in Pearl Harbor. I thought they wanted to step away from public life. I thought they were they wanted privacy. And and then they they issued this statement where they were attacking the the British Commonwealth. And my British friends were just aghast at all of this. And I'm just it's just been really amazing to watch this. But what's also amazing is that the cancel culture apparently extends to even talking about these two, because if you talk about it, apparently you can get suppressed online with like so many other topics that are supposedly um, out of order to discuss. And one of those individuals who has had to deal with all of this, uh, this his, he came to my attention by a mutual friend, Matthew Marsden, um, and his name's Trevor Colt. And he's himself has served in special forces. And he has talked about this quite a bit because apparently he was also over there working with, uh, in Afghanistan, working with Prince Harry. And when he has talked about what the reality was of their time over there or when he has even like brought up any kind of criticisms, he's been demonetized and suppressed on YouTube. Now it should be noted that Trevor was awarded the military cross by 
uh, Queen Elizabeth II. And this was back in 2006 because of the actions that he carried out in Baghdad. So, I mean, he's an actual legitimate, you know, war hero. And they're suppressing him because he's criticizing, if I may be so bold to say, the spare. I mean, he called himself that. Trevor Colt joins us now via Skype. Trevor, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. I was just, I'm always amazed at all of the areas that we discover where you're not allowed to talk about it or you're going to get demonetized or suppressed or uh, anything else. And our mutual friend, Matthew Marsden, was telling me about your, what you have been, because you you make so many people uh, create content and they put it online and that's, you know, a sustainable income for them. And when you're targeted over petty politics or, you know, like this, you know, that's that's a real damage. Talk to us a little bit about this. And how long has this been going on? When did this start? Well, Dana, I'm going to start off by saying that I've, I I never tell anyone that I work with the Special Forces. Uh, but uh, this all started a few years ago. Uh, you're right. And the, the context is perfect. I, I have worked in Afghanistan. I have been out on the ground when Harry was out on the ground. Uh, unfortunately, I will point out that I was frontline soldier, which is a place where Harry never was. I'd like to point that out. So he that's, was never on the front line. That's what is always said. We're always told that he was right there on the front lines. Well, have you ever seen soldiers speak out about it? Well, no. very, very, no, they don't do it because a lot of soldiers had to sign NDAs. Uh, he wasn't on the front line. Uh, I was there and I know how it works on the front line. For anyone, a royal, when Harry was in Afghanistan, the attacks on coalition forces tripled and quadrupled because the Taliban wanted to catch him. So if anything, he put the lives of British soldiers and our coalition friends in more danger. Um, I've had campaigns going on in the UK with Harry. Uh, uh, I've done it with many media outlets. And Harry once put his face to it and said, tell Trevor, I'll back him. And the front pages of the papers here were Harry backs war hero. And I was really pleased about that. But then I received a phone call uh, a couple of days later from Harry's team at the Royal Foundation threatening me and telling me that he was not to be involved in veterans' issues, he was too busy, and to back off. So Harry's never had his heart in looking after veterans. I believe, and it's my own opinion, that Harry was well looked after in the royal family because the royal family's PR team made him out to be an outstanding person. It wasn't until he stepped away from the royal family and he didn't have that group of people to look after him, we are now seeing the real Harry. So in my own opinion, I, I'm not a fan of Meghan Markle, but I think, I think Harry's showing his true colours, what he's always been. He was hidden for loads of times, and now we're seeing the real person. And you're right in what you said about, because I spoke out about Harry, and I mentioned this on my YouTube channel, uh, I was attacked uh, by uh, Mr. Christopher Boozy, who's in the Netflix documentary. That name, I was going to say, that name sounded familiar, Christopher Boozy. That name sounded familiar. Well, uh, what he did to me was, I think, is, is uncalled for. He went into all my videos and he took sections of my videos and put it out as if I was unhinged. I did a, a live chat with, with a lady in New York and she told me in a live chat that uh, where she lived was dangerous. And uh, and I said to her in a live chat, well, why don't you buy a gun and put it at home? You're allowed to have guns in the US. You can protect your home, protect your family. And she went, yeah, but when they break in, they have guns. And I said to her in a live chat, well, if you shoot first and you shoot them first, you're okay. Now, Christopher Bucci cut that segment and put it out on Twitter to say I had threatened to shoot him. Uh, he put all these clips together and then had all his followers on Twitter, 300 or 1,000 of them, and they all mass flagged me to YouTube. They demonetized me. I lost 4,500 pounds in September. They haven't paid me since September. They've suspended all my channels, and I am currently struggling with YouTube. 
I've asked for a um, I've asked for a, a subject right. access request for data. Right. I've asked for all that, and they're still saying, "Well, it may take three months to get you that." And I went, "No, it's a simple." So, what he's done is he mass flagged me on Twitter. Um, I was suspended for months on Twitter for for basically just responding to evilness. And my channel's been affected. I've lost tens of thousands of subscribers on YouTube wow. uh, on Twitter. It's been terrible. We're talking with with Trevor Colt, who's a gallantry medal holder. And and this this individual who was targeting you, does he explain to people listening who may not know, is he in the the sphere of uh, Harry and May, Prince Harry and Meghan now? Is he in that sphere? Is he working with them in, offic- in an official capacity now? He was in the documentary. I believe he is. I believe he is because he's he's actually in the new Netflix documentary with Harry and Meghan. Uh, they hired him. Uh, basically, what I've noticed is, and I'm sure you've seen it yourself, Dana, that there's there's thousands upon thousands of YouTubers talking about Harry and Meghan every day, mm. and they're left alone because it's just hearsay. It's channels with hearsay and news. But the one YouTuber that knows that Harry was on the front line and has had dealings with the Royal Foundation, and I've done campaigns with him because I speak the truth about him. I had to be demonetized and deplatformed. Wow, because the only headlines that you ever hear about, and we're talking with Trevor Colt, the only headlines you ever hear about are all oh, the military, the entire, uh, you know, the, the military backs uh, Prince Harry. They all, I mean, they make it out like everyone likes him. No one's ever had a complaint. But there have been, and I've seen this, and maybe this goes into what you were saying about the, you know, I guess the Palace PR team. There were questions that other people have brought up about what exactly he did in Afghanistan. You know, as a civilian, I don't, you know, I, I always leave that to people who serve to make those, to bring up those questions. But it, the way that it was used, I guess, to broaden his appeal, um, you know, I think that and especially now in light of all of this, I mean, I think that really does bring up some questions like what? OK, what exactly did he do? And why is it that the people who seem to ask questions somehow disappear from any kind of public discussion? They're sort of shuffled away. Well, exactly. Um being in Afghanistan on the front line, I, I've done. I've had people come in for tours. I mean, when celebrities come in uh, to have to, to lift up the spirits of the troops, they don't go to the four operating bases. They stay in the main camp, and that's where they stay because you were too generous. Now, I remember uh, David Cameron, our ex prime minister, coming out, and whenever he flew in the Sangin, we doubled up the Sangers. We had extra patrols out with frameworks out. We had UAV uh, unmanned aviation in the air flying around. We had air cover. We had top cover. And this is just for the prime minister. So when people say, oh, Harry was on the front line, he had no special protection. Mm. I know it's false. Uh, I know I was once contacted by a, a guy that I know. Uh, and he was part of Prince Harry's special forces protection team. And this was a team of guys that would leave camp before Harry left and make sure the route was clear for him to come through. We also had our cover up and UAV to make sure. And there was a running commentary. Each fake was fitted with GPS. We knew exactly where they were. There's no such thing as a prince arriving on the front line and he's an ordinary bloke. He was so protected. Wow. We're talking with Trevor Colt. And you mentioned the Netflix documentary because a lot of people, I mean, here in America, people have not, they, they haven't had that experience with seeing all these headlines involving, you know, Prince Harry 
and and all of this. I think now with this Netflix documentary, people are kind of seeing it. There was a, a headline that came out where he said that he was terrified of his brother because his brother yelled at him over the Sandringham summit and that the queen just sort of sat there and he sort of portrayed her out to be this. I mean, I've seen this woman like fire guns. I mean, I don't, she didn't seem like a helpless woman to me, um, yeah. but they made her seem like she was helpless and that William yelled at him and he was terrified. I just don't think that a guy, I mean, if you're on, can you be on the, I just, I don't know. To me, the friends I know who've been on the front lines wouldn't be terrified if their brother yelled at them. That seemed like a, it seems like a pretty normal family dynamic. It's, well, exactly, Tina. It's crazy because going through military training, you're shouted at and screamed at day in, day out. You're on the front line. There's guns going off. There's bombs going off. And someone shouts at you and, and you fall apart. Um, this is a guy who, who has been molly cuddled and wrapped in, cotton, wrapped in cotton wool all his life. He's never done frontline soldiering. He's, he's had everything handed to him on a plate. And he can't deal with the fact that his popularity is diminishing every time he speaks. And as you po- rightly pointed out at the start of your uh, chat, was that you said a guy and a family that wanted to move away from the spotlight, and all they seem to do is want the spotlight. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's entirely ridiculous. How does this? I mean, do you think that now with because it seems like their their fan base is kind of turning on them? Is do you think that that's going to make it a little bit better to actually have open and legitimate criticism of his um, behavior, their behavior? Well. The problem we have here is now, I can get away with it to a certain degree because I'm white ginger, Harry's white ginger. But the, <laughs> exactly. So the thing is, I can call him out, but it's got the stage where I would call him out and then I would get called a racist for it. And I'm like, that don't make sense. I've been calling Harry out since 2016. It's got nothing to do with Megan. I've been calling him out for, for a long time. I've done things in the media, uh, calling on the royal family to do more for our veterans. And I don't believe they have a fan base. You mentioned the word fan base. They haven't got a fan base. Dana, I believe they have a cult. Ooh. They have a cult that follows them. That's a gr- good way to put it. Well, we're going to watch and see what happens. Please keep us updated as to, I know you had, you said you have the data review with YouTube. Please keep us updated as to how yeah. that goes, because I think that's, it's fascinating that that is, it's, it can be affected so widespread like that simply by, I'm just amazed that you can be demonetized by, by rightly criticizing someone else. It's, it's stunning to me. Trevor Colt, you can find him on Twitter at Trevor Colt, C-O-U-L-T-M-C. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope you have a Merry Christmas. We'll talk again soon. And you take care. Thank you. you Thank you. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. Man, these are some real humdingers today. Okay, so first up, a Florida man was found naked in an apartment of two women, was arrested, and he told police he is unsure which of the two women was his wife. Oh. Somebody going to die. Florida man behind bars. Two women, they said that they did not know him. They, they found the man naked in their apartment in Gainesville, according to local ABC station WCJB. They said that Alberto Araya, 19, was recorded on security footage damaging the exit sign at uh, the standard apartments. When the women found home, he was in his birthday suit in the living room. They immediately left. When the cops showed up, they, he said, oh, one of them's my wife. I don't know which. He was arrested on charges of burglary and multiple counts of property damage, according to the police report. Now, remember how I said that there's always gators in every body of water? No one listens to me. Florida man bitten in arm by gator while washing his hands in a pond. He was able to break free and call 911. He was in Sanibel. And he, people on the scene of the attack, they applied a tourniquet. EMS arrived. 
He had serious injuries on his right arm. He was transported to the hospital for treatment. Florida Fish and Wildlife are actively attempting to capture the gator. Apparently, there have been several gator attacks nationwide this year that have killed or injured people. Uh, so that's, whew, washing his hands in a pond. Wouldn't you, though, can I just ask, I don't know how big the pond was. Wouldn't you know that it's kind of sums coming? I mean, I would because I think I'm, I just would. I, if you have a gator coming to get you, I know they're quick. I would just feel that something's weird. And it also would be, I wouldn't be washing my hands in any kind of puddle in Florida because there's a gator in it. Just saying. God, people don't take this seriously enough. Uh, Let's see. Oh, boy. Here's the one I wanted to get. This KFOR. Florida man was arrested after botching an in-home castration surgery. This is an... I can't say this guy's last name because he's got, again, two Ys, lots of consonants. Like, why? A uh, 74-year-old man, uh, this is in Sebring, he told a deputy that he had just performed a castration on a man and encountered a major issue. Deputies found the victim on the bed, bleeding heavily with a towel over his groin. He was flown to a nearby hospital, said to be stable. The, do I want to read this part? <laughs> they found his bits and pieces in a, in a container presumed to belong to the victim. They set his room to look up like a, to made it look like a surgical center and had medical equipment and painkillers inside. And then, of course, he recorded the procedure that on a camera. That's disgusting. Yeah. Apparently, he met the dude on dark. Oh, my gosh. There are people who apparently have castration fetishes and they were on dark web and that's how it happened. He was arrested with practicing medicine, uh, charged with practicing medicine without a license, bodily injury, second degree felony. His bond's pretty high. Stick with us. Third hour on the way. Ooh. You know, this allegation of groomer and pedophile, it is alleging that a person is criminal somehow and engaged in criminal acts merely because of, of their identity, um, their sexual orientation, their gender identity. What? So this is Katie Porter, who's in Congress. So she's pro-pedo? She's, yeah, she sounds pro-pedo. Hey. Welcome back to the show, top of the third hour. Saying the term groomer and pedophile alleged a person's criminal because they're no, they're a criminal when they want to shake their ass in front of kids, Kate's. That's what it is. Sorry if that, you know, harshes your mellow. But yeah, if you're if you're like fighting to 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 shake your butt in front of kids while you're sitting here singing about sex, yeah, you, you're a groomer. And if you don't like it, then don't do it. Pretty simple. Golly. <sighs> These people will go so to conflate that is so insulting. They're doing, they're the ones who are conflating it and, and completely omitting the part about the involving young kids in their activities. I don't know why kids, whether kids are involved, why that's a measure of acceptance or I don't know. It's just wild. So we've been, again, welcome to the show. Dana Lash with you. Top of our third hour here. I mean, we have Christmas break that begins next week. And we, uh, we've got a couple of things to hit. We were looking, too, at all of the latest with Twitter. I did have some wokery I wanted to make sure that I get. Because this, um, and I forgot, I totally forgot to get to this one, uh, this one Florida man story. I ran out of time. Can I share it right now? Because it's crazy. Again, this is why I don't do cruises. Then we're going to get into wokery. Because you're going to want this story. So there was a woman, it was uh, in the Bahamas, 18 miles from Florida, 36-year-old woman, uh, fell overboard 
There was a massive brawl that broke out on a cruise ship after a 36-year-old fell overboard. Passengers were not let off when the boat docked in Florida. That's really the only association. And the uncovered, her uncovered body was left on the back of a pickup truck. This, and there's video of it too. And I have no, I'm like watching people throw punches and fight. And I'm thinking, this is why I don't do cruises right here. We do not do cruises for this reason. They had, uh, it's the MSC Mara Vialia, which can carry more than 4,500 passengers, 1,600 crew. Oh, it's Italian. That explains. No, it's Italian cruise lines. And wow. And then they had the body that just like laid out there. Did you see the story? Did you see this? It's on our rundown. This is craziness. I just, that doesn't look like a good vacation. Right? It just really doesn't. I had to share this with you because they, they went back. The only, it was in Port Canaveral. It's where they'd arrived. And a huge fight broke out afterward. I just, this is why we don't do I had to share that with you. So I I'm, thank you for indulging me for a moment. Whew. So the uh, couple of things. I have uh, this story from Washington Examiner. California expands a $1,000 monthly payment to pregnant black women in a racial justice effort. What? Guaranteed monthly income. It's according to the abundant, it's a welfare, abundant birth project, $1,000 per month, but only to black residents during their pregnancies in the first six months of their kids' lives. So it's racially, it's like racially motivated, like welfare. (sighs) The program is now expanding to San Francisco, Alameda, Contra Costa, and Los Angeles. And Riverside counties, all those, they got a six and a half million increase in funding from the California Department of Social Services. So tax dollars, they randomly select recipients if they meet the eligibility requirements. And they said it's rooted in racial justice. There are a lot of people who are going to identify as black women and move to California. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Why? 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 Maybe if California was in such a hellscape of big government that people wouldn't have to rely on government funding in order to get by. It's, it's, that's stunning. And then, because it's still California, there was this, now they, they're looking at reparations. A lot of cities are looking at this. St. Louis, we talk about St. Louis mayor. California's reparations task force. One of the speakers who was at the task force, the first meeting to study and develop reparation proposals, uh, said that complier it's going to be a serious backlash, demanded $800,000 for every black resident. Based on what? I just, again, something else that's amazing. They wanted to i mean and they also want crt in the classrooms there's a bunch of other stuff from from activists can we not with the reparations i think weren't there you know several hundred thousand people who gave their lives to write the to correct the sin of slavery who's who's alive today that was the victim yeah who yeah exactly and and don't no 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 don't tell me about the systemic i'm not i'm no i'm not hearing it i'm not even dealing with it because you they're there are people who are in this country now who didn't have any family in here during that time. So you're going to sit, are they going to be tasked too? Like, how does this, are you going to do like, are you going to do blood work? And you see how goofy this is? This is goofiness. Absolute goofiness. Uh, also, 
I have more. The NFT thing. So apparently, was it? I guess it wasn't. Not really an NFT. Did it have the little? It sold out though. Yeah. I know it sold out. Why did you, it did sell out? And he apparently it, it went just to. It didn't go to like a anything else. It was the open data from OpenSea. The trading volume uh, value, ninety nine dollars per card. So he essentially made a couple, you know, several million dollars in twelve hours. Yeah. And all of the sale of his NFTs went to him under a licensing deal that he made with NFT LLC. Uh, His campaign nor his political operations had anything to do with it. So it goes right to him. Wow. So that's a lot of. So I don't know how many they made available, but. Why? NFT. I can't. People actually did buy a 90. Who did that? Oh, you can just copy and paste it. They're selling them for $99, $99 and I down, right-clicked and downloaded it for free. <laughs> what? We're already seeing the rumor mill going around as to the increase of these in value because now that it's the final amount has already been good. They sold out. There's no more. So that's truly limited. I still think NFTs are dumb. The uh, old supply and demand thing is going to kick in and they're going to be... No. Yes. Stop and it. And I guarantee you that these are going to be more expensive no, than $99. No, it's an NFT. Just this watch. is just like that ape thing all over again. It'll probably happen sometime over the holidays or right after. I'll believe it's valuable when you have that Gwyneth Paltrow with the goop stuff when she does a version of herself as Trump, like she did with that ape thing. No candles. Politico says that McCarthy's ongoing speaker battle is paralyzing the House. The uh, phallus measuring contest taking place with all of these GOP leaders. Uh, apparently, it's postponing some committee contests. It's delaying their ability to prepare bills. Uh, I I just think they need to get over it and make the decision already. I don't know if he has the votes. There's no one to challenge him. There's no one to challenge him. And I think it's stupid if Republicans just sit around on their on their butts and they if they don't have anybody to challenge him, why are you withholding votes? You got to get something going for the American people. Otherwise, we will blame you. Don't think that. Look, I don't. You got an R after your name. Great. That means that we agree on a lot of things most of the time, but not all of the time. And you'll be penalized if you disagree on some of the big things. And fighting over this when we need stuff done. If they if there's no one to challenge him, then vote for him and just make it happen. There are, we've had John Boehner, okay? We had to deal with John Boehner. There's not really a lot worse than him. I mean, it, for us anyway. So this doesn't, it doesn't seem as bad. I, people don't care at this point. They just want to get stuff done. That's all they want. They want to get some stuff done. I know they keep going back and forth about this. At least the amnesty bill is dead. That whole thing. Because that was going to have a major backlash. There was, and it was, there was such an outcry. Uh, you had Republican lawmakers and some conservatives. They did not want to go past that rule of law, which thankfully. It was Tom Tillis and Kirsten Cinema. Uh, it's pretty much, it's done. There were others, Cornyn and other members of the GOP leadership, so there was not a lot of Republican support. And it, they didn't even have any legislative text. So basically, you're just like, well, what do you think of this idea? You want to support this idea? Well, what's the text of it? What's the, what are the particulars? It, I mean, it was barely framework. There was no legislative text. It was just barely even any framework. So it's kind of hard to sell people on this stuff, especially when you can have, you know, they can shove anything in it. I mean, you think you're going to grant, you know, citizenship to people who enter the country illegally and fast track them ahead of everybody else who's been waiting for forever? It's not going to happen. It's it's not going to happen at all. Uh, also, I have a oh, 
Did you see this story? Uh, this came up from Axios. Texas, they're mad over Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. They said Paxton's office sought a list of individuals who changed their gender on their state driver's license and other records over a two-year span. So they wanted to know who changed their gender, and they were asking for the details. And Axios is acting like they're putting together a blacklist of transgender people. Newsflash. If you change your last name when you get married and when you move and you change your address, guess what you have to do with your driver's license? You have to change it on your driver's license. Someone was arguing with me. They don't, they, don't, they don't have your gender on your driver's license. And me looking at my Texas driver's license was like, what's the big F there? And it's not telling you to go do something unflattering to yourself as much as I want to tell you that right now. But what does that letter mean where it says sex? Hmm. That's what does that mean to you? So, I mean, they I'm just amazed. Oh, he's trying to get information about people. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Now do gun owners. Completely true. We have more on the way. Kane brought all of his not pot accessories. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. I want to know how I'm supposed to do my headlines, and Kane's sitting over here. And if you didn't know any better, you'd be like, that's drugs. <laughs> and it's his, it's his incense that he has, like, very methodically organized in his little foil. Are those tweezers? That's drug stuff. Oh my gosh, I'm so recording this. All right, anyway, I just, I had to share this with you because I didn't even scroll down in my headline section at all because I was too busy looking at this. I'm not even going to lie. I'm just like, what are you doing over here? Why is it like this? Oh my goodness. Okay, I got a couple of things to get. I'm just, I'm all out of sorts because I was just so shocked. I was watching all of this and I'm like, he's, why do you have that? Why is that happening? Uh, Okay, first up. The uh, FTX executive Ryan is his name Salami. S A L A M E. Your name's Salami. Yeah. It's actually not a bad last name. I'm not throwing shade because that's one of my favorite types of meats. So it's great. Uh, he flipped on Sam Bankman Freed. Salami Freed. I love it. Uh, fried though. Uh, according to filings, New York Post has the story where they say that he decided to flip after all, uh, and now he's singing like a bird. So that's going to be interesting for the SBF guy. Uh, Kirsten Cinema did officially file her paperwork for the 2024 Senate candidacy as an independent. So we have that. Uh, also, you might be having trouble buying children's flu and cold medicine this season. And that's because P&G says plants that make NyQuil and Vicks, they're running around the clock. But uh, it's been, uh, according to data, a very busy season for respiratory viruses, including RSV. It's amazing what happens when you decide to shut down your immune system for two years by staying inside of your house. I'm just saying, just going to put that out there. Dog flu. The dog flu outbreak is now hitting shelters. And Texas is a state where it's actually uh, coming into effect. That's uh, not just humans. It's also dogs, apparently. Canine flu, the veterinarian, uh, veterinary emergency group said that canine flu is one of the infectious respiratory things that we can see and that they can see in dogs. New York, Texas, Florida, South Carolina, and Pennsylvania. They said not every dog needs the vaccine. Really now the vaccine. For the- 
If your dog is social, they said it's something your dog should consider. Or just be a normal person and take your dog outside to play and not to a dog park all the time because they're not babies and toddlers. They don't need the socialization like that. Stop it. They don't. You're their pack. That's how that works. Uh, Also, I feel very particular about that. Extremely cold air from Siberia is going to send the U.S. into a deep freeze days before Christmas. Huge blast of cold air. I was looking at the maps from these meteorologists, and it's pretty intense. It's coming from the northern Rockies to the southeast. It's going to stress energy grids in the run-up to the Christmas holiday. So just be aware of that. Uh, It's going to be... This shocks me. Uh, It's from ProPublica. It's about... I don't know if I trust them. I'm going to move on. Uh, Because it said that a fifth of Americans struggle to read. I just think it's all the people at ProPublica. Your struggle to read. That's what I think it is. Doctors are warned over the deadly camel flu. Is There's every type of flu. There's the dog flu, the people flu, the flu flu, the camel flu. As World Cup fans return to England, everyone's being warned about camel flu. Camel flu. The biggest spider in the world can grow up to 11 inches in length, according to this terrifying story. It's uh, Guinness World Records. They said the biggest spider is the Therapoza blondie. It's the Goliath bird eater. It's from Nat Geo, and it's big enough to cover a dinner plate. So my Taurus judge, that's the thing I would have to use for it. I'm basically, you know, or my KSG. (laughs) Stick with us. We got more in store. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. Welcome back to the program. Your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash, here with you. Bottom of our third hour. I just wish that you could. I've been posting some photos onto Instagram my stories and on our Facebook page because Kane is, if you didn't know what he's doing, it almost looks like he's dealing drugs. Now it's, this is outside of what we normally talk about on the show, but it's like right before Christmas, y'all are either like drunk or almost there anyway. So let's just be honest about it. We're doing something a little different. We'll go back to meat and taties. All this started because I went to a speakeasy where they burned a Palo Santo stick and I was like, hmm, that smells good. And they're like, yeah, just get some sticks and burn them. I'm like, that sounds great. So I, you can't just get the stick. You got to get the little dish that the stick goes in. And then I got a torch, which I love that you can just get that on the internet. And I, you know, Chris is like, gosh, don't burn the damn house down. And I can burn it, but it smells good for a second. And then you got to keep burning it. So it's like a cycle of dependency. And Kane, I, when I told him about it, he got excited like when a dad looks at his kid and realizes he could be a star quarterback. Kane had like this look of glee and joy because he thought for a second that he found a kindred spirit in burning things, not like the pyro way. And then he started telling me about all of these things that I'm pretty sure only wise men during the time of Jesus knew. And he has brought in I'm I'm trying I'm just trying to describe this for you listener because it's not on the simulcast if you're listening coast to coast he brought in this Turkish looking my mom would want this thing that burns the stuff warms it it's and and it's it warms the stuff and then he's got the foil with his incense in it is it looks like herbs and spices so he's apparently also this is different what'd you put in there Totally different. It just hit me. I'm not going to get high, am I? This is not like. Yeah, you'll get totally high. No. This. So he was telling me his friend, John Lanius, who is literally like, we're trying to figure out the name for it. You know how you have sommeliers, the people who taste the wine? He's literally an expert at smelling stuff. I didn't even, I didn't even know that that existed. Weird way to put it. 
He, well, I was saying he's a potions master, which he is. <laughs> My potions are too strong for you, traveler. And I, he's, I mean, he's got all of this impressive resume. You know, he's a you know, CEO, COO, you know, all this stuff. But he's also literally an expert in, I'm reading this, world fragrance and incense traditions. And I didn't even know that there was such a person. So he's like a perfumery. He could be a perfumery type of dude. He joins us on the phone right now. John, thank you for joining us on the program. So that's, I mean, I don't know what the word for it is, but you are like an, an expert at, for smelling, right? Yeah, Dana, thank you so much. By the way, I'm laughing. This, is, this has been an incredible like journey <laughs> since Kane first told me about your Palo Santo experience. I actually told him what the word, what the word was before he even said it. And he's like, huh? how do you know that? I'm like, have you met me? Well, yeah, because uh, I'm a so, potions master, of course. <laughs> which, by the way, that's going to be my new code name. But um, in the Japanese tradition, I'm actually referred to as a komoto. And what that means is that that means a master of ceremonies. So just in the Japanese tradition alone, that's 1,300 years old. But if we look historically, the, the history of incense, the, the written history with humans is 6,000 years old. And the archaeological evidence of incense is 35,000 years old. Wow. Komoto. I feel like because I love anime so much, I should know this. <laughs> <laughs> they're to- but so we're talking we're talking with John Lanius, who is a Komoto. Did I say that correctly? He's literally an expert. You, and when Kane's like, oh, you you're did, he's you recognized did. by the Japanese. That's like a serious thing because they they don't like people. <laughs> like they're, no, I mean, I don't mean it like that. I mean, they're very particular about like, oh, are your tastes good? Like you not just anyone can make sushi. You have to train for 50,000 years to make it. It's just very that's it. It is incredibly impressive. So how do you how did you become that? Well, so when I was nine years old, I started studying two things, uh, martial arts and world incense traditions. And how this happened was that my when first martial arts teacher was... Yeah, so, I had a so, Voltron. So my first, He's out there studying this. <laughs> my first martial arts teacher was burning what I would call now bad incense. But my mother was a hippie and my dad was a military <laughs> man. And, 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 and so my mother said, here's a book on world religions. And I said, why are you giving me a book on world religions? She said, because incense occurs in all of the, uh, you know, like all mm-hmm. the traditions. And so, so what I started doing was just studying it. And then as I got deeper into martial arts, as I, as I matured, uh, I, I found the Japanese tradition. But it's been really a wonderful joy to find the divine expressed through natural fragrances, you know, that were that come from the creation. And so since it's that time of year, you know, where we're talking about frankincense and myrrh and Christmas, yeah. you know, I thought it'd be fun, fun to share a little bit about that. And I love this. We're talking with John Lanius, who is literally like a potions master smell expert. I mean, that's liter- uh, literally what he is. Now, when they because I think Kane's auditioning, trying to be the fourth wise man, if there's like a second coming or something, I don't know. And he what is it? He what did you put in that? You put that's the that is the frankincense. So this is what the wise man, the wise men were bringing frankincense and myrrh. Yes. Myrrh. I love that name. Frankincense and myrrh. It doesn't smell bad. I thought it was going to smell like a head shop, but it doesn't. No, it's very clean. It's it's nat- like he said, it's natural. So I want to, John. Let me ask you this: What is the what is the significance of those two? Why did you know out of all of the 
things that they could have brought in terms of incense? Why was it frankincense and myrrh? Is there is there any like a deeper significance to that? Like what is what's behind it? Yeah, absolutely. So when you talk about Jesus is is his his kingship transcends all earthly rulers. So the magi recognized that that when they came to worship him, they had to bring things that would suggest that. So, for example, the frankincense represents Jesus' deity. So in the Old Testament, frankincense was traditionally burned in the temple as an offering to God. We see this in in Leviticus uh, 2.2. And then by bringing this gift, the Magi affirmed that Jesus was no ordinary man. He was both fully man and fully God. And so, you know, as the Bible says, for in him dwells the whole fullness of the deity bodily, and you share in this fullness. So the frankincense represents the, the godliness of, of, of Jesus. And then myrrh, uh, conversely, represents the death of Jesus. So since, since myrrh was a part of the embalming process and a part of the Jewish burial customs, we, we see Nicodemus uh, visiting with a mixture of myrrh and, and aloes weighing 100 pounds. And so you quite literally are seeing incense at the birth and the death of Jesus, and the Magi are recognizing Jesus as a man, but also as a God, and, and, and the incense, which draws the attention upwards towards the heavens, just allows people to experience the Holy Spirit and, that, and, and the, the, the way that the divine can fill your lungs and, and, and fill your body and mind. That's amazing, because Cain put in, that's the frankincense that's in there now, correct? That's so, it does smell very clean. Which is totally not what I thought that that would smell like at all whatsoever. What is the most popular thing? We're talking with John Lanius, and you can follow him uh, on Twitter at John Laun. Uh, what's the most popular thing? I mean, well, aside from patchouli, because that's what that's the only thing that I think dazed and confused. I don't know. That's what everybody knows. But I mean, it's more obviously more than that because I know a lot of veterans. There are veterans friends that we have. Um, who saw some serious combat and they said that that like sometimes it'll help them relax at night and they you know they'll before they go to bed what's like one of the most popular like non-stereotypical things that that people choose yeah so it kind of depends on on really how you're raised and and where you're raised so for example since you had an experience with palo santo palo santo is a very um, popular fragrance. It has like a sweet, buttery smell, but it's it's very relaxing. It's also being over harvested, so it's just it's one of those things where you want to you know be careful in and and how much that that you're burning of it. But specifically, right. sandalwood is one particular fragrance that's been burned for thousands of years. When, and when you talk about veterans and you talk about anyone who who deals with stress um, and kind of a separation sometimes from from reality because they're so stressed out. Uh, a lot of my work in uh, in meditation and hypnosis, things like that, I'll, I will work with veterans and actually begin to get them to relax as well as executives and really accessing peak performance through fragrance. Well, this is amazing. John Lanius, uh, who is literally, he better be in his bio of all social media. I would. I'd have it on a belt buckle. Uh, potions master and literally actually like an expert in world fragrance and incense uh john it's a pleasure to talk with you thank you so much for talking to us about this today and now i so i guess kane i guess it makes a little bit more sense although i am going to maybe get you some containers just because he's like giving me like which i'm pretty sure from watching cops these are called dime bags okay so i but we're just going to get him some containers make him look make him look legit john you're thanks so much for joining us i appreciate it merry christmas to you 
You too. <laughs> Thank care. you, Dana. Thank you. Yeah, he's uh, and this so this the frankincense. It actually smells really clean. What did you? What is this thing you gave me? So that's aloe's wood. I thought he said owl's wood, like no. owl, like hoot hoot owl, no. and it's like not. aloe. Like I don't know if I can vera. smell anything else because all I smell is the frank aloe's wood. Okay, that actually does smell good. I've never I I don't know if I'm all going to get deep into it. I it's just really distinct like my from wood the stick. Palo Santo. Yeah, it is really weird, uh, and there's you, nothing added to it. You can use the Palo. You know that little dish you use for the the Palo Santo. Yeah, you they can made, use, it had the, it came up on Amazon. Like, oh, you're bon- you're going to burn something? Would right. you like this little dish? You can use that dime bag full of aloe's wood in that dish. Right there I swear, it's like, it can you imagine way. if we were like all in a car and we got pulled over? Do you have anything in it? What are those little bags? I swear it's incense, officer. So you would not get away with it. You'd be on the side of the road and it would be somebody's like body cam footage. It's you know, historic would. tradition, officer. Okay, before we go, we've got to get into what we do every single year. Kane makes a list of all, because all throughout the year, and we've done this, it's a tradition every year, every year. our top fictional band names. Because we are really good on this program of coming up with really good band names for bands that don't exist. For really, like, niche audiences. So, Kane, do the honors, please. Thank you. And, Steve, get that drum roll ready for the, uh, you know, when we're done with number two, going into number one. It's going to be important because number ten is Death by Hot Dog. Death oh, yeah. by Hot Dog. Yeah, number Death 10. by Hot Dog. I think I kind of remember that. I do, too. And uh, it's, of course, these fictional band names... They're not real. Mm-hmm. I've I've even Googled. There's one in this list that it, that could be real, but we're going to get to that here oh, in a yeah. second. Uh, number nine, mm-hmm. Gender Outlaw. Oh, I like that. Gender Outlaw. Gender Outlaw. I remember that too. I think, yeah, that was that was that was a. I think being cis mm-hmm. is being a gender outlaw. Okay. Uh, number eight, transgender monkeys. Oh, transgender monkeys. Yes, transgender monkeys. Yes, I remember that too. I remember these are all like based on like news stories that we would have that would come up. Yes. Okay. The, uh, yeah. Matter of fact, I'm not sure how. The, I think it was about an experiment of some mm-hmm. sort, and it just went awry. Anyway, number seven is synthetic virtue. Synthetic. What <laughs> was that? It's just I don't know. I have a thing. Synthetic virtue. <laughs> yes. Um, which is all the virtue we see today on social yes. media. Yes. Uh, and number six, this is one of my favorites um, this because this was referring to Beto O'Rourke. Um, venomous tooth. Yes. Venom- <laughs> venomous tooth. <laughs> I got a thing. I have to. I was using it. That's okay. I want people to hear it too. Okay. okay. All right. Venomous number, tooth. Number f- there you go. There it is. Number five. Uh-huh. Uninvited iguanas. Yes. Uninvited iguanas. <laughs> Uninvited iguanas. Yes, Our I do love in that. Florida. Our it's listeners a, in Florida, specifically Florida band name. They know sure, exactly it's for free. The next one will cost you. How that feels? Yes. All right. And number four, non-union beavers. Non-union yes. beavers. The uh, NUB. That as was known. yeah. That was about I guess these beavers cleared out a field and they weren't union. Yeah. Somebody know, got an inflatable rat and picketed really them. Weird. Number three, sentient meat. Yes. Sentient meat. That's only if it's alive. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Number two, death by robots. Oh, death by robots. Nobody wants nobody wants to die by <laughs> robot. Nobody wants your Roomba to be like a face sucker from Alien. What the heck is that that you're playing? It's my is fun, that a little slide whistle? It's my fun buttons. I love it for fun button. Time. All right. The, the, in the future, though, I think we're going to do. I'm going to have to actually link to the stories that had these so that we have a better. Because after 12 months, it's hard to it's hard. remember. All right. So all the these first one, one. First one. There it is. Where's the drum roll? I. There we go. The number one top fictional band name of 2022 on the Dana Show is Putin's Tumor. Yay! Putin's Tumor. 
I'd go see them. I'd pay thirty dollars to go see those guys. I would too. Man, we have all the percussion instruments. So great, so great. Yeah. Now we yes. did have a couple of honorable mentions. Go ahead and do those real quick. Um, squeakers and tweakers. That was yeah, rever- uh, we were regarding the metaverse. Yeah. Uh, albino demons. I'm not Ooh. sure what that was about. Probably but then, some type of fish. And then uh, number one on honorable mention would be Alabama Chrome. That's actually a really good one. Alabama Chrome. Yeah, that one I will I like charge. That. That's a good so one. All right. That was our top 10 fictional band names of 2022. And folks, as we get moving, because we still have today's stupidity on the way, and one last quick thing. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, folks, as we wind down our last show here of 2022, I, I shared um, a piece this morning with you all. That was titled with peace on earth and goodwill to men, because I think that you and I are on the same wavelength here. I mean, I miss normalcy, whatever normalcy is. I miss people caring more about the person than about their politics, because it does make meeting new people miserable. You got to verify your politics like you show your Costco membership card when you walk in. I'm tired of seeing crime stories with in broad daylight in the headlines. Not like it would be any better than if the crime occurred at night, but there's just an added brutality of not caring about the day, not worrying about the intervention of others. And I think this year, a lot of us have become more cynical than we ever have been. I know I have. And there isn't a Hallmark movie that has a convenient enough or sweet enough redemptive arc to solve that. But this story that I read just the other day does it has to do with 10 year old jack johnson who lived just outside of birmingham england this was just earlier that late last week jack happened to be nearby in a park when a group of kids who were playing on a frozen lake fell in and began screaming jack didn't know the kids he just knew that they needed help and he ran without thought for himself or his own personal safety to the ice to save the other drowning kids Of the children he tried to save, one six-year-old is hospitalized in critical condition. He himself ended up losing his life in this effort. Ten years old. It makes me think of John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And it reminded me of one of my favorite poems ever from one of the greatest poets to ever live. uh, Christmas Bells. Because we hear about peace on earth and goodwill to men. And a lot of people despair. But don't forget, then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Good lives, hope does also. So take heart. Have a wonderful, blessed Christmas, a happy new year. And we'll be back together again January 3rd. God bless.